Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, August 26, 2017, and today we are continuing our study on the book of Acts, and we will be joined by Blake Wilson, our Vice President of Operations, as he leads us through Acts chapter 28, verses 17 through 31. It's hard to believe that we are at the very last chapter of the book of Acts, and today we're going to be wrapping up our study. Um, so today is Acts 28, 17 through 30, um, and, and I want to just kind of take us back for just the first few minutes to be able to remember where um, where we've come from as we've as we've studied this book of Acts um, and I, I know for me it's very very easy to look at the book of Acts and really um, read it as a documentary of the life of Paul um, and really make the book of Acts about Paul and his journey which is extremely uh, it's engaging right because we've heard uh, of him being stoned, we've seen him shipwrecked, we've seen him get bit by snakes, we've seen him get uh, thrown in prison, thrown out of cities. I mean, this this book is is really uh, the, Luke has done a great job of outlining the life of Paul. But what I want us to to think about as we begin to read this very last section of Acts twenty eight is that this isn't this isn't about Paul and Paul's. Paul's words over and over and over again in the book of Acts, he is just saying, it's it's not about me. It's about the gospel going forward. You know, I am in chains because I believe in the hope of Christ, and I'm going to speak the truth. So over and over and over again, we see Paul pointing people back to, to Scripture, pointing people back to the gospel and saying, take your eyes off of me and put them on Christ. That is why I'm in chains. So as we read this last passage, let's keep that in mind that this is not about Paul, though it's a very uh, it's very easy for our minds to go there. This is about Paul's hope in pointing people toward the gospel in all things, in all of his suffering, to persevere and to redirect people to gospel. So as we read in Acts 28, starting in verse 17, Paul has made it to Rome. Um, and, and he has only been there for three days um, when these local leaders and, uh, and authorities began to meet with him. So Acts 28, verse 17 says, After three days he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had d- done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem in the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and to speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. So he he says in these first few verses, that it is because of the hope of Israel that I am in this this chain. Paul was in prison and had been battered and bruised um, for many many years. But I think the thing that sticks out through these these first um, 
first four verses is that Paul stayed true to the course. He did not lose sight of what the Lord has called him to do. And that's, that's the first application point I want us to pull from this passage today is that Paul didn't lose sight of what the Lord had called him to do. He, he knew um, the bigger purpose. He knew that it was the hope of Christ that, um, that these people needed. So he says in verse 20, it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. He had a clear perspective of why he did what he did. He didn't get distracted. He didn't lose sight. He was staying on point. This is why I am in chains, and this is what the Lord has called me to do. So let's not lose sight of what the Lord has called us to do. In verse 21, he says, And then they said to them, We have received no letters from Judea about you. And none of the brothers coming here have reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you and what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. I think what's, what's, what's encouraging here in what we see in verse 22 is that we see these, these Jewish um, authorities and leaders come and say, we desire to hear from you and what your views are. So this, they, they, they say they know that it's spoken against. They know that this is something that isn't well received throughout Rome. But what, what, I'm, you know, what I think I was surprised with in this passage is that they say, we, we desire. We desire to hear from you. We desire to hear what your views are. And so the second application point that I, I feel we need to pull from Acts 28 is that we are always surrounded by those who need and desire the gospel. We are always surrounded by those who need and desire the gospel. They desired to hear from Paul um, what his views were. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're like me, I'm very guilty of making the assumption that the people around me do not want to hear about my beliefs. They do not want to hear about the hope of Christ. It's easy to assume that you're going to be challenged, that you're going to be rejected, but I think the truth is we are constantly surrounded by people who need to hear about Christ. And, and that is what we see from these Jewish leaders here. They're saying, we want to we hear from you. We want to know what your beliefs are. So as, as we continue to read, pick up in verse 22, and, and, and he says, when they had pointed the day for him. So keep in mind, he, Paul, is in, Paul is in prison, right? So they, he says, when the day has appointed for him, they came to his lodging in great numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. They came to Paul. Um, they came to Paul to hear what he had to say. And I think that goes to show you the power of the gospel. When people truly see life change, when they see something different, they cannot help but explore what that is. They are so intrigued by what is different, what is setting this person apart, um, that they've got, they've got to find out. And this is what we see in Acts 28, is that they go to Paul. Even, even though he is he's imprisoned, even though he's not free to stand before the people and share, they're going to his lodging. They're going to him over and over again. And it says that from morning till night, he is, he's preaching the word. And he's going from the Old Testament to the New Testament, um, and he's sharing the hope of Christ with, with these people. But verse 24 tells us that some were convinced, and then others, others disbelieved. So I think that we have to understand that, that the, thir the third piece is, is that God desires our obedience. 
it's not up to us to to um, to have control over who accepts and who doesn't. But what the Lord has called us to do is to be obedient and to and to share the message. He will control who He draws. It's not up to us. So we have to be obedient in what the Lord has called us to do. Um, and in this in this case, some people believed and some didn't. But Paul was obedient in sharing the hope of Christ. So they they some believed, some didn't didn't. But look at what happens in verse twenty five. This is where the kind of the split happens, and the disagreement among themselves. They after the disagreement among themselves, they departed, and made uh, and Paul made this one statement: the Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet. Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their eyes they can barely hear, or with with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. So he quotes Isaiah 6 in this passage. And the people just get frustrated and leave because he's, he's calling them to repentance. He's saying this was, this was foretold back in the book of Isaiah. This is prophecy happening right before my eyes. And, and these people get upset because he's, he almost just call, he calls them out on it. And he says, this was, this was prophesied about. I don't know why any of us are surprised, you know, this is you're 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 doing this, and I think it was you know you can put yourself in the situation of, of of these um, of these Jews of just. I, I think that was going to be somebody else. Yeah, I believe in this, right? I believe that this was uh, this was prophesied about, but that's about somebody else, not about me. And it kind of sunk in that yeah, you you it's it's you it's you that aren't believing, it's you that are not receiving the hope of Christ, and and they they left, so they got. Angry, so you think of, of maybe a moment in your life when you've got super upset. You don't have anything nice to say. You don't know what to do. So you just kind of you just kind of walk away. Um, you know, this is what I sense is happening here. They are so upset that Paul um, Paul has said this that they they just depart and they just they just leave. So it continues in verse twenty eight, and, and the scripture says, "Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has." been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. So Paul says, if you're not going to listen, if you don't believe, don't. I, I, I'm, I'm in a sense going to dust my shoes off and go on to the next city because the Gentiles, the Gentiles are going to listen. So I'm going to stay faithful and sharing what the Lord has told me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful in moving the gospel forward. And if it's not you, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to go to the Gentiles because I know that they will. So in verse 30, it says that Paul lived there two whole years at his own expense, and he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So Paul was there for two years sharing Christ with these, with these Jews, with these Gentiles over and over again, welcoming anybody who came to him, and he was staying faithful. And then we can see in verse 31, right, the book of Acts just stops it's just it's just it's just over and it's easy to say well where you know kind of where is acts 2 what what happens 
what happens next? Where what's what's next for Paul's life and Paul's Paul's journey? But again, as we as I started off sharing, we cannot get sidetracked and say that the book of Acts is about Paul. The book of Acts is about the gospel. The book of Acts is about the kingdom moving forward and the gospel going to the ends of the earth. So we can see here that he was teaching about Christ with boldness and without hindrance. Without hindrance means that this gospel was going forward without opposition because the power of Christ was working through Paul. And that is the hope that we have is to say the gospel is going to go forward. The Lord is just looking for us to be faithful and persevere through hardships and through trials and that the gospel will go forth. And that's what we see in in Acts 28. It's going to go forward. But what is so beautiful about Scripture is that you see in Acts, you've got this kind of this documentary and outline written from Luke's perspective about the life of Paul. But then you can flip forward and, and you can see the letters that Paul has written during this two-year stint of imprisonment. So, so we know that Paul was in prison for two years. He was sharing Christ with those who came to him during the season but what's what's so awesome is that you can read in the book of Philippians and in, in many of the other letters that Paul has written while he was imprisoned, like a firsthand account of his own words during this season of his life. So in Philippians chapter one, let's read what Paul what Paul was writing as he was encouraging other believers while he himself was imprisoned in the book of Acts. And Philippians one twelve says this. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That just blows my mind to that perspective of saying, I'm here. I'm having to fight and defend my faith over and over and over again. But I want you to know that what has happened to me is really serving to advance the gospel. That perspective is such an encouragement to me to know that Paul has found joy amidst the suffering and the challenges, and he was staying focused and he was not distracted on what the Lord had called him to do. And, and let's continue in verse 13 of Philippians chapter 1, and it says, So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard, and to all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He's saying, I, I've shared Christ with the entire prison guard, and now they themselves are being bold to speak the, speak the word, and they're not even scared. So let's celebrate the fact that the whole, the whole prison guard has come to know Christ, and that is why I'm celebrating. And he's going to write this letter to the Philippians to encourage them. I'm going to close out by, by reading the, the, the rest of this. Um, in, starting in verse 18, and it says, it says, Only that in every way, whether in, in uh, pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Paul knows that Christ is working through him, and he knows that through the trials and tribulations and struggles that the Lord is working for him and is going to further the gospel. So let's celebrate that this, that this isn't about us. Let's take a deep breath and, and, and praise the Lord that it is not 
is not relying upon us, that the gospel can go forward without us, and it will go forward without hindrance because that is the Lord's plan. So let's let's open up our hearts and allow the Lord to work through us and trust Him that we are a willing vessel to further the gospel. So let's keep that in mind this week as we serve the Lord. Well, thanks for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. This week, we are praying for Costa Rica. We are praying for the central authority, Pani. We pray that the Lord would reach their hearts and help them to better know him personally, that the Lord would provide for Pani to have wisdom and encouragement and resources as they evaluate children and families and work hard to advocate for better processes. We pray specifically for our major contacts in Costa Rica, and we lift them up to the Lord as they have big jobs with little support for Jorge, the adoption director, for Sonia and Elizabeth and Sylvia as they lead the adoption psychologist and social workers, for the protection unit, which oversees licenses for unadopted mission trips and trainings, for the regional offices uh, that they would continue to be able to navigate through problems and that they would continue to find a resolution to better advocate for the children. We pray for local churches and missionaries and the organizations and their efforts to share Christ in their communities and to care for the children and family of Costa Rica. For Ray and Lydia Zirkel, missionaries who run the Methodist home and are partnering with us for adoption and unadopted. For Steve and Georgiana Thomas, missionaries who run the Abraham Project and partner us with for adoption. For Marjorie and Tyler, Costa Rican believer and husband uh, who run a home and are partnering us for adoption and unadopted. For Casa Viva, which is a believing nonprofit that is running the entire foster care system for the country. Pray for wisdom and opportunities with unadopted as we plan for future caregiving and future foster care trips as well as mission trips. We pray for the children of Costa Rica, for their hearts, that they may learn of their Heavenly Father and that they will and He will comfort them in their distress. We pray for advocates who arise to love and care for them. Many children spend years in care without receiving abandonment decrees due to a failed system. So we want to pray that the Lord would raise up the right people to fight for them and advocate them and help them be reunited for families and forever adopted families. We pray for specific children that we've met. We've we've met over 200 children that are waiting for forever families. And we pray that the Lord's will will be done in their lives. We pray for uh, families who have already adopted from Costa Rica and their children. We pray that they would adjust and care for these children. These children would be supported. We also pray that the families and children would seek adequate resources. We pray for wisdom, ultimately rest and perspective. We pray for the children's hearts as they process their hurts uh, and that they would find comfort and healing through Christ. We pray for the families in process that are continuing to go through this process for endurance and peace uh, and that they would make wise choices. We ask that the Lord would bring more families to this program so that more children could be discipled in forever families. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to work in the nation of Costa Rica. We pray that you would go before our team, that you would use our ministry to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. We pray for those families who have already brought children home, that you would be with both the families and the children as they uh, continue to to know what it means to be family, as they continue to adjust and acclimate uh, to their new environments. We just ask that you would support these families and children strongly with your mighty hand. Lord, we pray for more families in this process and program. We would want to care for and disciple the children of Costa Rica. Lord, we pray for the central authority for Pani and for all of those who are involved in Pani and the, the, the many staff members as well as the regional offices that they would be given perspective as they make decisions. And Lord, we ask that you would be with the local church and that the church would be emboldened, that the church 
would be empowered and the church would be equipped to make disciples and ultimately as well to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to work in this nation. And we ask that you'd go before us in all that we do and say. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.